0: Well, thanks again for joining us. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, we are continuing a series of messages here at Grace called Regifted, where we're talking about some of the gifts that are worth re-gifting after the holidays are passed, and maybe some of the ones that we shouldn't re-gift. And you know, we're, as I share that with you, we're going into the final week here before Christmas Day. And just in case you don't know, this is the week that typically most people buy the gifts that end up getting regifted. you know, back in, in, in January and February of next year. So this morning, I want to kind of provide you a little bit of advice. I want to share with you the top ten gifts that were re-gifted from last Christmas so that you don't make those same mistakes. Any ideas what what those gifts might have been last year that were re-gifted? Fruitcake? That's actually on the list, absolutely. Let me give those to you. Number ten, candles. 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 Just a tip here, guys don't need candles anymore. We have this, this invention called the light, a light you know, and we, we, we don't need candles anymore. And women, if you don't get the right scent, it just, it just gets regifted anyway. So candles is on the list. Number nine, picture frames. I mean, who, we're all digital now, right? I mean, who, who prints pictures anymore? I mean, Let alone have picture frames to put pictures in. And when we do buy them, we all want them to match and everything, so that doesn't work. Number eight, gift baskets. Let me just say to those of you who have January birthdays, I'm sorry, but these will be being re-gifted to you in just a few days. We want to make sure they don't go rancid, so you're going to be the first ones to get those. Number seven, perfume. Number six, it's already been named fruitcake. Who gives fruitcake these days? I'm surprised that was even on the list, but it's there. Number five, wine. Number four, cookbooks. That was a surprise. Number three, soaps. Number two, books. And as I shared with you last week, make sure if you're re-gifting a book that they have, it hasn't already been personalized, signed to you inside the cover. That's a no-no. And number one, any ideas what number one is? You'll never guess. I actually have a pair of these in my closet that I'm going to be re-gifting at some point down the road. Pajamas. Pajamas, yes. You know, re-gifts are usually things that we don't want, but we think someone else might want. But the most meaningful regifts that we can give are actually the things that are the most valuable to us. And God gives us some gifts that we can re-gift to others. And they might not n- nicely get, you, fit under a Christmas tree. It might not something, be something we can wrap. But they are truly meaningful when we re-gift them. Things like the gift of presence. The gift of forgiveness. And today what we're going to be talking about is the gift of God's Word. The gift of God's Word. Now, as I share that with you this morning, you might be saying, Dave, uh, well, that's kind of an odd one, Regifting God's Word. What does that look like? Do I just kind of pull a few of the extra Bibles off my shelf that I don't use and kind of give those to someone else and hope they get used? And I suppose that could happen, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is taking the truths of God, His His words which are found in Scripture, and passing them on to others, In moments when they're most helpful or needed. It's having God's word in you so that you can re-gift it through you to someone else. Here's what I know. God's word has the ability to literally change lives. It does. God's words have power in a way that our words can never have. God's words spoke existence into being out of nothing. God's words can speak light into darkness. And His words have the power to transform the way we live. As we come to know God's heart, and and God makes us more like Him through His words. Listen to what God says to us through His word in Hebrews chapter 4. It says this from the message paraphrase. It says, God means what He says. And what He says goes. His powerful word is as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and to obey. Nothing, nothing is impervious to God's Word. We can't get away from it no matter what. You know what, my my grandmother, she knew that. Um, I'll never forget when I was 12 years old, my grandmother took me out on a Saturday morning to breakfast at IHOP in Augusta. For us, a trip to Augusta where basically anything, what, any of the shops were that were worth anything, if you needed to go to a mall, a movie theater, or anything like that, you had to drive an hour to Augusta because we lived out in the boonies in, uh, on a farm. So I'll never forget that Saturday morning when I was 12, and she loaded me in her car, her white Mazda Miata, the first year those, those things came out, and we drove to Augusta to have breakfast. And then afterwards, she says, I want to take you to the Christian bookstore in town because she said she wanted to buy me, my first Bible. Now, I had a couple of Bibles already, you know, those little kid Bibles that most kids never read, that, you know, this really tiny King James Version print, you know. I had one of those and never used it. But for my grandmother that day, it was really important to her that she found a copy of God's Word that she could give to me that I would actually use because she knew what I didn't know, and that is that God's Word can change your life. And so, this is the Bible that my grandmother bought me back in 1986. It's well-worn, as you can see. And as you flip through it, what you would find is that it shows the journey of my life through the tough teenage years and into adulthood. What you would see is that at the front of every book in the Bible, there are some dates where I wrote down when I, the day I started reading that book. Because through my teenage years, I read through this book a couple of times You'd also see in here in several places in pencil and pen where I wrote notes along the margins where I would write how I'm struggling with what I'm reading or how it's affecting me personally, how it relates to what I'm going through at school. I tell you, this book to me is precious. It's one of the most valuable things I own. This book helped change my young life. These are God's words of encouragement to me in a time when I needed them. When I was trying to figure out who I was. These are God's words of correction to me at times. God's words of wisdom. God's words of hope when I needed them. God's words of promise. These were God's words of life to me, I tell you. In a long season of my life. And this book also reminds me of the many conversations that I had with my grandmother over those years. You see, when I was a teenager, I used to work for my grandmother in her home office, helping her out, and she'd pay me a little bit to work alongside her over the summers and over the holidays. And I would save up money. end up buying a, a car with the money I had saved, a, a Mercury Comet I bought when I was 16 because of the money I'd saved with, for my grandmother. But in those years, when I worked for her, I'll never forget them because not only see not only did she gift me with God's Word by g- getting me a copy of the Bible, she gifted me with God's Word over and over and over again through the conversations we had. There were so many times I would be working with her or we would take a break and we would go play a video game. She had an Atari 2600, which I thought was totally awesome back in those days. We played Missile Command and Pac-Man and all those things. And we would play those games. We would play uh, golf on her IBM PC, one of those original ones that came out in 1980. We'd push the keyboard and watch the little tiny dot ball go across the screen. And in those moments, I'll never forget all those times that I was sharing with my grandmother the things I was struggling with in life. And she'd stop and she'd listen. And so many times, you know what she'd do? She'd say, you know what? That reminds me of something I read just recently in the Bible. Can I show it to you? And she would... so so oftentimes she wouldn't even have to show me, she'd just just quote it it'd come off her tongue I can't tell you over and over and over again how many times God's Word, because it was in her, I mean she didn't just pick up the Bible and read it every now and then when she was bored this was a part of her life every day she was in God's Word and listen because God's Word was in her, God's Word came through her to me And to others constantly. She couldn't give it. If it wasn't already in her. But it was. And over and over again. She blessed me with it. When God's word is in you. God can re-gift it through you. To others. When people receive God's word. God's truth into their lives. Their lives change. They do. It's just just the way it goes. You can't avoid it. These words can bring life to someone as as, they read, as you read its pages. But these words can also bring life as they are in you and then you re-gift them to someone else in a moment of need, in a moment of struggle, when they're opening up their heart and saying, I, I just don't know what the answer is to this. And you remember that place in Scripture where God spoke to you and you say, you know what, I, I found myself in a place like that a few months ago and here's, here's what God showed me. And in those moments we give life To people. But as they say, you can't pour out of an empty cup, right? You can't re gift to someone what you don't already have in you. This morning, we've already been blessed by our kids, and I don't want to take much more of your time, but I do want to take just a moment to open God's Word with you this morning and share just a little bit what it says about its power to change our lives. I will encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you, to turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. Uh, it's right, kind of right in the middle of the Bible. Uh, if you don't have your Bibles with you, but you have your smartphone or your tablet, just pull it out. Go to grace 2 sunorg Bible and click on the link there. And you can follow along with the Scriptures and the sermon notes there as well as you'd want. And so while you're turning there, let me share with you this. I think Psalm 119 is a really interesting part of the Bible. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's actually 176 verses long. And I want you to know, it's only going to take me about an hour and a half to go through it this morning, but we'll do it. No, just kidding. I'm just going to go through the very first few verses of it. I want to encourage you to read Psalm 119 at some point this week. Because what you find when you read these 176 verses of Psalm 119 is that 171 of them speak to the importance of Scripture to literally change, to transform your life in a multitude of ways. But we're just going to look at the first section of it this morning. Psalm 119, starting in verse 1. It says this. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all of their hearts. They do not compromise with evil and they walk only in His paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. And I love how it ends here in verse 8. Please don't give up on me. When people receive and follow God's word, their lives change. I I hope you believe that. You hear the preacher from a past generation, D.L. Moody, had this to say. I've never forgotten this. He said, "The Bible wasn't given to increase our knowledge; it was given to us to change our lives." And that's the truth. How does it change our lives? Well, as, as I said, as you read Psalm 119, what you find is it lists scores of different ways, a couple dozen ways that it changes your life. And I'm just going to give you just three of them this morning that come from those first few verses. And the first one is this, and you might have seen it as we were reading the first verse here. God's Word changes our lives by making us uncompromising people of integrity. By making us uncompromising people of integrity. Verse 1 says it. It says, Hearing and following God's Word makes us people of integrity. We become people who say what we mean and mean what we say. We're one thing on one day and we're the same around others another day. Verse 3 says it keeps us from compromising with evil so that we truly walk in the path that God has for us. You know, each one of us in this room wrestles with the way God wants us to live in one way or another. I wrestle in ways that you don't wrestle with and, and you wrestle with ways that I don't wrestle. But we all wrestle at times with the ways that God wants us to live. At times we even struggle with wanting to follow God's will if we're not in God's word regularly. Because guess what? The world is constantly pumping us with other thoughts, with other ideas, with other agendas, with other behaviors every single day. You know, D.L. Moody also said this. He said, we're all broken vessels. And the only way to keep a broken vessel full is by keeping the faucet turned on. The faucet is God's Word running through our minds every day cleaning the garbage out that the world puts in our minds. You know, we can hide what's going on inside us from most people. But the only way to clean out those things is to actually read God's Word and allow God's Word to clean them out. The wrong thoughts, the wrong ideas, the wrong attitudes. God's Word is essential to making us pure in heart. And... Here's what I found in my life. Maybe you would say this is true of you. When God's word is in you on a regular basis, God's voice is louder in you, isn't it? It's like in those times when you're reading God's word on a regular basis, God just speaks so loudly and clearly, it's just, like, it's just hard to miss him. It's just hard to miss what God is saying in situations. When we start to go in one direction that isn't what God wants, God is able to remind us of his word and pull us back in the right direction. Reminding us that this is the way that we're to walk in. This voice is something that we want to follow because it's true. In Psalm 119, it says that God's Word brings us freedom because it keeps us from wanting to follow our own desires and later be overcome by them. Psalm 119 says that God's Word literally keeps us anchored in life. In other words, we're not blown about by the challenges of life the way others are. And we we're able to withstand the storms of life when they come. God's Word brings us understanding and it changes our lives for the better. To the point that we can, it says, we can literally grow to hate those things which are contrary to God's will for our lives. So God's Word changes us by making us people of integrity, by making us consistent But it also, the scripture says, it also changes us by giving us lives free of shame and regrets. Verse 6 literally says it. And in fact, it also says it in verse 31, in verse 39, in verse 80, multiple times throughout this chapter. And so many people, so many people live with regrets these days, don't they? Maybe some of you, as you're here today, you think, gosh, I... I, when I hear that word, that word regret, all I can think about is that time in my life back in my teenage years or my 20s or my 30s. When I, when I did that and gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Or I wish I would have done this instead of that. And sometimes those messages, we, 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 it's, they're so hard to let go, aren't they? What God's Word tells us is that when we're constantly in His Word... We live lives free of regret. Why? Because we just choose to not make those mistakes when the opportunity arises. In those moments when we are tempted to go one direction, a direction that's just going to lead to a regret, God reminds us, God's voice is so loud and clear that we just choose another path instead. It's not because we say, oh, wait a minute, that chapter and that verse that I'm not supposed to do that, so I, I probably shouldn't. No. It it says that God's Word literally changes us from the inside out. It changes our thought patterns, our behaviors, our attitudes, and makes them more Christ-like. And it's for those reasons and a lot more that Psalm 119 says that God's Word fills us with joy and delight. I mean, the chapter started that way, right? It said, joyful are the people who live with integrity, who obey God's Word. The author says this over and over again. In fact, when I read Psalm 119 through one day, I actually counted, and it was seven or eight different places in that one chapter where it said, if you follow God's Word, if you are in God's Word, if it's a part of you, if you're constantly reading it, you will live a life of joy. You will live a life of delight. He just repeats that over and over again to remind us that reading God's Word doesn't make us prunes. (laughs) God's Word brings life. God's Word brings joy. To our lives because it makes us into the men and women of God that we were intended to be. Now, as we read it, we also see that it says that God's word brings us joy because it brings us comfort in verse 52. And it also says in multiple places in this chapter, it brings us hope. Now, I could go on and on this morning and I could share with you a lot more about God's word and how important it is in our lives. But I think you get the point. God's Word has the power to do what nothing else can. God's Word has the power to change a life. And when that happens, when when God's Word is in you, then God can re-gift it through you to others. But you can't pour out of an empty cup. You can't give what's not already in you. This morning you might have noticed when you came in that, that on your programs there were a couple of sticky notes. And they say... Who needs a word from God re-gifted today? I gave these to you because I'm hoping that maybe when you get home you'll stick these somewhere to remind you that God's word that's in you at some point, if if you're consistently in God's word, guess what? God's going to open up opportunities. God's going to open doors where he wants to use you to re-gift this to other people. He's going to provide opportunities where someone is struggling and whether they realize it or not, God's totally setting them up. He's putting them in your path. So that you can re-gift the the encouragement, the blessing that you've gotten from some part of this scripture to them when they need it. You'll find they're going through a difficult time in life. And they're going through the exact same thing that you went through four months ago. And you're able to share with them how God led you through it. And what God showed you through scripture that changed your perspective. That changed your attitude about your situation for the better. So for you this morning, I would love for you to stick these on a windshield, stick them in a cubicle at work if you want. But as I share this with you, I also know that some of you are here this morning and you might see this and you think, well, David, it'd be, re- it'd be great if I could re-gift God's Word to people if it were in me, but it's not really in me. I, 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 sh- I know I should be reading God's Word regularly and, and I, I've, it's been on my to-do list. I, I, I've had a New Year's resolution back in January that I was going to do it and I just kind of... Kind of lost that somewhere along the way. Like, I don't know that I could re-gift God's word. I don't know that there's, if there's enough in me of God's word to be able to re-gift to someone else. Well, maybe this morning you would want to put those post-it notes somewhere in your home to remind you. Maybe right in there, your, your, your nightstand in your bed, to remind you when you wake up that the first thing you would do is to grab God's word and just read a few verses for yourself and remind yourself that this is the word of life that these words aren't just printed words on a page. They were words that were spoken by the creator of the universe. These are words that have the ability to change any and everything about you, to make you more like Him. And Maybe those post-it notes would remind you to build a habit to be in God's Word. I mean, think about it. Has there ever been a time in your life when you were just in God's Word all the time? When you read the Bible consistently, you were, it's like one of the most important parts of your day. Maybe it was when, for some of you, maybe you're followers of Jesus today, but you've been walking with God a long time, and you remember that time way back when, when you first accepted Christ in your life, and you just couldn't get enough of this thing. You were just in it all the time. And do you remember during that season of your life, if that's you, do you remember how God just kept bringing people across your path all the time? People who needed To hear something hopeful something encouraging about the situation they were going through and you were just ready and you didn't realize you were ready but God's word was in you you kept pouring it into you and it was there to give to someone else who needed it and God used you over and over again maybe maybe you have a person in your life who at times have come to you and done the same thing you know I think there have been actually a few times in my life when someone has come to me and said, and they didn't even know what was happening in my life. They didn't even know the situations of my life. But they came to me and, you know, th- th- I can think of two or three times this happened. Where someone came to me and said, you know, you know, Dave, I was praying for you a few days ago. And I feel like God gave me a word for you. Now, when someone says that to me, just so you know, I, I, very quickly my radar goes on. And I'm like, okay, either this person's a quack and they're getting ready to share something really kooky. Or they're hearing from God and I don't want to miss it. And so in those moments when someone says that to me, that they feel like God has spoken something to them for me, I'm usually paying a lot of attention. And there have been some times where they have, a couple of times where people have shared something about my life and what I was going through, and I hadn't told a soul about it. No one knew what I was going through, but God knew. God knew. And because they had that connection to God, because they were praying, because they were in God's Word, God was speaking in and through them, and they brought life to me in a time when I needed it. It's, the Bible calls that a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. And God can use you to do that, but guess what? He can't do it if God's Word isn't in you. If you're not spending time in God's presence and saying, God, I have a lot of things I want to do right now with my time, but the most important thing I can do is be with you. What's up today? And we create that space in our day for the creator of the universe to speak. When God's word is in you like that, it literally cleans out all that stuff in us that the world piles on and adds into us day after day after day. Now, as you can tell, I'm sure, I'm, I'm a little bit passionate about this. This is... This is really important to me. It's why I do what I do. It's why, even though I'm an introvert and I don't consider myself a great public speaker, it's why I spend hours every week pouring over this. Because for me, it is so important that if you give of your time here and you come to be in God's presence, you're coming to not just hear me talk. You're coming because you're wanting a word from God. And, and I take that very, very seriously. And that's why every time I preach, you've never heard me once preach for 15 minutes when I didn't open God's Word and say, this is what God says about what we're talking about today. Because I know my words don't mean squat. But God's Word can literally change a life. This morning, I know that many of the, you know, studies have shown and this isn't just true of me, thank goodness. It's true of all preachers all over the country. 95% of the things that are preached on a Sunday morning are forgotten a week later. So I don't hold that against you. But what I know is that the word that I give you once a week is not enough. It's You need more than what I can give you in a half an hour once a week. And what I want for you more than anything else is that you would be a person of God's word that you would find that time in the crazy busyness of your life to stop and say, Word of God, speak. God, speak to me. Help me to see what your perspective is about what I'm going through today, this week, this month, this year. I want to help you with that in the coming weeks and months. And actually, I've been working on this for for quite a while now. We're going to be launching something in January that I'm really excited about. And today's the first day we're kind of unveiling this but it's going to be called the Community Bible Experience. The Community Bible Experience, or CBE for short. What is the Community Bible Experience? What this is going to look like is in January, over over an eight-week period, I'm going to encourage and ask every one of you in this room, regardless of your age, I don't care if you're 70 or 7, to join us in reading the New Testament together. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about. Now, typically when you think about reading the Bible, some people think, hear me say that and think, oh my goodness, Dave, I'll, I can never do that. And you think about this, right? Well, this I'm not asking you to read this over 40 days. I'm asking you to read this. Do you see this? Notice how thin this is. This is a copy of the New Testament of, of Scripture. And it is... Basically, a stripped-down version. It's got all the books put in chronological order so that they make logical sense. All the footnotes, all the study notes are all removed, all the chapter headings. It reads like a story. And what I'll be asking of you is that each day that you read just a few pages of this for just a few minutes every day, in over 40 days, you will have read the entire New Testament with us. Now, what we'll be doing is starting this on January 15th. Um, We'll be talking about this in the next few weeks leading up to January 15th. But on January 15th, we will all start reading this together. And um, you'll have five days each week when you'll be reading it. And I'm giving you the weekends off to catch up. So if you happen to miss a day because work gets crazy, there'll be two days every week that you'll be able to catch up and stay on track with us with this. Now, through this experience we're not only going to be reading the New Testament together, but we're also going to be forming what I'm going to be calling book clubs. I didn't say small groups. I said book clubs. And this is going to, the reason I'm calling it that, this is going to be a little bit different. If you've been in a small group experience or a class experience, maybe a Bible study experience, those are great. That's not what we're going to be doing. I'm calling it a book club because I'm trying to lower the bar. Sometimes I, I say, would you attend a Bible study? And you're in, instantly thinking, oh, whew, Bible study, I can't do that. That's a little beyond me what we 'll be doing in these book clubs is when we, as we meet once a week we 'll be talking about those few pages that we 've read over the last week together on our own at homes and what we 've learned from it. Each one of us will just be openly sharing well here 's what I feel like God shown me for my reading this week but and here's here 's the stuff that i just didn 't even understand here 's the stuff that was really confusing to me does, does somebody understand what this looks what this means and through those moments as we share in these book clubs together, what you're going to find is you can read this on your own and you get the benefit from reading it yourself. And then you go to a book club and you hear six or eight other people share what they got from it. And you get six to eight times the benefit because you're now hearing all these other perspectives and all these other life stories and experiences and how they read into it and it blesses you. And so I want to encourage you in January and February, if you've never been in a, a small group before and you thought, oh, I just don't think that that's for me, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But join us for one of these book clubs. We're going to be stopping all of our normal uh, small group programming over, the, over those eight weeks to just do this. Even our student ministry, we're going to stop the normal programming there. And we're, they're just going to be doing this, reading this along with us. Even our children's ministry on Sunday mornings, they're going to stop what they normally do. And they're going to be doing this with us. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I lost some of you about five minutes ago because as soon as you heard me say, read the New Testament together, this thought went through your mind and you were thinking, Dave, there's no way. I can't do it. I'm not a reader. I struggle with reading. I fall asleep. I can't do it. I, I, I don't even want to try. Well, I've got you covered already. You didn't realize it, but I got you covered. What you're going to find is we launched this series... Um, in January, it's actually already built out on our website, you'll be able on any day of this, of this 40 days to go online to grace2sun.org, and hear that portion of Scripture for the day read to you through the Internet. You can be driving in your car, click on your smartphone before you drive, right? Before you turn the ignition. And play that portion of Scripture over those few minutes of your car drive to and from work or in your home while you're doing chores. You'll be able to keep up with us by just listening to that scripture being read for a few minutes each day. Here's what you're also going to find on that website. We've actually done the same thing for children. So there's a there's a Bible reading each day uh, that follows along with this for kids. So for 10 or 15 minutes at the close of your day, if you still have kids at home, when they get home from school or before bedtime, you'll be able to click this thing on and engage in the power of God's Word with your kids and set an example with them. There'll be tons of resources on that website, uh, gracetucson.org slash CBE, that you'll be able to use through this series. In fact, we even, for those of you who sign up for this, we'll even send you an encouraging email at the beginning of every day to remind you what you're reading, where you can, you can actually click on it to be able to hear the Scripture if you want, see a video that's going to help you interact with the Scripture that day, just to help you stay on track with what we're doing through this series. Now, as I'm sharing all this with you this morning, I realize you've got a lot on your minds. I mean, this is the week before Christmas. There's all kinds of things that you're probably thinking about that you need to do this morning. I want to make this really simple for you today. Here's all I'm asking of you today. In your programs, you'll notice that there's a little insert that says books of the Bible at the top. Would you find that for just a second, pull that out and look at it? It's hard to miss. It's got um, a big big orange block at the top. Here's what I want to ask you to do. Before you start second-guessing yourself and saying, "Uh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't think I can do this. This seems like too much for me. Remember, I'm talking about this, not this. Before you think it's too much for you, I want to encourage you to just say, "Eh," put down a shelf. Write your name down on this card for me. Even right now. Write your name down. Maybe write down the number of people in your family that you might think would participate and do this with you. And then just tear it off and drop it off at the CBE table in the breezeway as you leave. It's a big white table. You can't miss it. That's all I'm asking of you today. If you want, as you leave, you can also buy a copy of this Bible. Um, They're only five bucks a piece that you would use starting on January 15th. You can also find a book club. There'll be a couple of dozen of them. We're actually going to open up as many as we need to accommodate everyone who's doing this. But you can stop by that table and sign up for a book club if you want. Or you can just wait till January after the holidays are past. We can help you find a book club. We can make sure we get a Bible in your hands. But make sure at least that you've filled out this card. And just leave it with us. And let us know, even though it's a little intimidating, maybe, let us know, I'm in. I- I'm going to give this my best shot. This going to be my New Year's resolution to do this with Grace Community Church this morning. In fact, what you can do is we have so many copies of this that you, you be, I was telling you a little bit earlier about the, the, gifts you shouldn't re-gift, or you, the gifts you shouldn't buy because they'll end up being re-gifted, right? Well, we have extra copies of these. And What would it look like for maybe those, some of those tough people on your Christmas list to buy an extra copy of this for them and say, hey, I'm going to ready to do something in January that seems crazy. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to actually read the New Testament of the Bible from beginning to end over 40 days. I would love it if you'd do it with me. And just buy as many copies of these as you want. Again, they're only five bucks a piece. And if you want to, if you want to start a book club in your home or at the cafeteria in your office, we'll give you the resources you need. Very simple to be able to do this even yourself. And lead a book club of your own. It'd be a great thing that you could give some, some people that you know that you care about start going into the new year. You know, at Christmas, our, ta- our thoughts turn back to Jesus who the Bible says was God made flesh. God's Word was made flesh to dwell among us. Let's experience God's Word together, starting in January as we do this um, CBE experience as a community. It's my prayer that not only will will God's Word change you, but as God's Word changes you, God's Word will change others around you who need to hear God's Word for themselves through you.